Hello, my name is Kirsty Styles, and I'm here with James Meadway, who's a senior economist at NEF for the weekly economics briefing, the very first in a series of podcasts where we try and make economics and economists a bit less dull. So this week, we're going to be talking about the economic recovery and whether it's all it's cracked up to be. welcome news that inflation is at its lowest level in modern times. We have family budgets going further and economic recovery now being widely felt. This is further proof that our long-term economic plan is working. The UK is almost certain to have been the world's fastest growing major advanced economy last year. The pound... Uh, On the economy, uh, Great Britain and the United States uh, are uh, two economies that are standing out at a time when a lot of other countries are having problems. So we must be doing something right. So great news, James. The UK uh, is fastest growing developed economy in the world. Uh, George Osborne's evil plan appears to be working. So we can all go home, right? Well, that's, that's certainly what George Osborne would want us to think. Uh, there are two problems with this. The first one is that, look, the economy has been growing for a while. What hasn't happened up until now is that growth has turned into most people feeling better off. If you look at real wages, uh, average real wages, so that's how much people are earning after you take account of prices, it's basically been dropping and dropping for about seven years. Now, what's happened just in the last few months is that finally the amount people are getting paid in money is increasing increasing faster than the amount prices are going up. So in other words, people's wages are going up faster than the rate of inflation. This is nothing whatsoever to do with government policy. The reason inflation has fallen, which is what's taking place here, is because the price of oil has come down and that's fed into inflation much more generally. And that means, at least for the last few months or so, that a lot of people will be feeling better off and are better off. Their, their money is going further because price rises are not as fast as they used to be. Okay, so why um, does oil... so closely affect people's incomes? Well, because it's, it's absolutely essential to pretty well everything we do. Uh, it's if you drive a car, you know, the price of oil immediately feeds into uh, the amount you pay for petrol. More generally, if you are delivering goods to shops, if you're if you're taking milk or oranges, or whatever it might be, you have to pay for fuel to deliver that stuff. You have to pay for fuel to transport things in ships or anything at all. So it's absolutely everywhere that oil gets used. It's completely essential. So if the price of it drops, and basically over the last year or so, well, not even that. Since June last year, it's fallen by about half. So it's at a real historic low at the minute. If that price drops as much as that, this feeds into the prices of everything else starting to fall as well. OK, well, apart from the bad news about more people probably driving, uh, that's, that still sounds good. You know, you've got 1.3% uh, increase in real wages uh, after seven years of falling. People should surely be feeling... Uh, good about this? Well, I, no doubt they will be. Uh, if you've gone for a long period of time where real wages have fallen and fallen, and, and this is right the way across uh, the entire population, this seems to have happened, you are now in a period just over the last few months where people are feeling better off. So you can say, if you want, that this is clearly uh, unambiguously good, that what's happening now is uh, that people are going to be better off, they're going to go out and spend. If they go out and spend, then growth will uh, take off properly or become embedded everything's great, hip, hip, hooray. Now, that's a kind of happy version of this. The downside of this one is that prices currently have fallen as a result of the falling oil price. That's the big push towards bringing inflation down. So inflation's at a very, very low level right now. Um, 
that's the first part of it. If we want inflation to carry on falling, those falling prices have to feed back into falling wages for most people. The difficulty you've got is that if prices in general are falling, and for a whole load of goods, it's not just that inflation's uh, low, so price rises are very gradual, it's that prices are actually falling. If you're a supplier and you're trying to sell something, but the price of it is always dropping, that means you're going to make less money. If you're going to make less money, you have to cut costs. That means, in the end, cutting people's wages. So there's a problem. If you want to get real standards of living to increase, uh, real wages to rise by having prices fall rather than paying people more money, you have to eventually pay people less money, right? So it's a contradiction. This can't happen. So in other words, this whole thing can't be sustained without seeing serious falls in most people's real, uh, rather, money wages. In other words, this can't last. Okay. Um, but George Osborne and David Cameron have been talking about all of these millions of jobs that have been created, more people than ever in, that are in work. You know, surely, again, this is this is, uh, this is has got to be a good thing. Well, it's, it's good in the sense, in the very limited sense, that it's probably better from what we know about well-being the rest. It is probably better to be employed than unemployed. The real difficulty here, and I think this is a challenge to our conventional ideas about how employment operates, and really how, how the economy and how the labour market in Britain operates, Operates, is that we've had this very unusual thing since 2008, which is that unemployment didn't go up nearly as much after the crash with the recession as most people expected. If you get a very deep recession, you expect unemployment to go up. It went up a lot. It didn't go up as much as people expected. What seems to have happened instead is that certainly as the recovery, as growth has returned to the economy, the economy's got very, very good at creating insecure, low-paid, often part-time work. So there are record numbers of people now who are working less hours than they would like uh, and that means they're getting less money in than they would like there are huge numbers of people who uh, have become self-employed over the last few years this isn't because they're all setting up small businesses and becoming entrepreneurial and the rest of it if you look at earnings from self-employment it's dropped by about 22 percent over the last few years that fall in earnings there suggests that there's lots of people being pushed into self-employment. So in other words, they're in a very insecure, very low-paid position. So what we've got is an economy that's become very, very good, despite growth, at creating kind of low-paid crap jobs. Okay, so along with all these low-paid crap jobs, um, it, this is also actually the slowest recovery on record. Is austerity working? And if not, what else is there? Well, it depends on who austerity is, is working for, I think. I think if you find yourself, if you're lucky enough to find yourself in the top 0.1%, uh, I think over the last few uh, years, you would have thought that things weren't too bad at all. You've seen very rapid increases in the price of property and the price of assets of all sorts more generally. If you're not so lucky and you don't own a large number of assets, in other words, you're not wealthy, you wouldn't have seen so much of this. You'd have seen declining real wages. Perhaps in the last few months, that has been a little bit uh, ameliorated by the fact that prices uh, are not rising as much as they used to. So in general, austerity has kind of worked for a certain set of people, I'd say, that the combination of austerity plus quantitative easing has been particularly good if you're already rich, and it's been particularly unimpressive if you're not so rich, which is most of us. So the question here is not so much has it worked, but who has it worked for? Uh, and that's where you start to get into an argument about, well, what are the alternatives? And the alternatives at that point start to have to be things like, look, if you want to see 
see real improvements in people's standards of living, it's not enough to hope for falling prices. You can't rely on falling prices forever to improve people's standards of living. You have to give them more money. And that means redistribution. That means taking money from the 0.1% or the 1% and getting it into the hands of the rest of us. And that's how you start to turn things on its head and get an economy that really works for people. Okay. Thank you very much for chatting to me today, James. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.